going on, people? It's your boy, Clutchy, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. Hope y'all are doing better than my portfolio, because my goodness, my goodness, being in the stock market right now is so painful. It literally is every day, the market just keeps on falling. Every day, if you look at anything with the stock market, if you look at your portfolio, if you look at your IRA, your 401k, anything like that, and you're invested, and you just look at that thing, you're just like, ha, niggity, dang! Markets are just getting destroyed. Just to give you a little semblance, if you're not the type to actually pay attention to what's going on in the market, good for you. I hope you're also just investing in the background and not paying attention to what's going on. But my goodness, just to give you an insight, a little bit of insight of what's going on in the markets right now. Over the last three days, just in the last three days, I'm talking about Friday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Actually, as of when I recorded this podcast over when I'm recording this podcast, that was Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. Big tech companies have lost over $1 trillion in market value. $1 trillion, my friends. $1 trillion. Apple has gone from being a $3 trillion company to being a $2.5 trillion company. Amazon that was on the, on the verge of being a $2 trillion company has flown all the way back down or slid all the way back down. It is now about a $1.5 trillion company. Microsoft the same way. I think they are about a $2.2 trillion company now. Google is in that range of $1.6 trillion as well. All of these companies have lost billions of dollars in value. That is a lost, a lot of lost investor money. That is a lot of money that has been lost in this market. Remember, the way that investing works is when you sell a stock, somebody has to buy it. And the way you incentivize people to buy it is you bid it up. It's a bidding process. It's like going to an auction is how the stock market works. It's basically you say, hey, I want to buy a stock for like $30. And somebody's like, nope, that's too expensive. And they're like, 25, 24, 23, 22. Last year, it was like 30, 50, 60, 70, 80. People were willing to pay whatever for stocks. This year, it's the opposite. People are like, "Mm -mm, that thing's got to fall some more. Okay, keep falling. Mm -mm, Drop the price some more. It's like you go to an auction or if you've ever haggled with somebody. When I went to Nigeria, I did a lot of haggling where I'll try to get something. I'll be like, okay. He'll say a price. He'll be like, I'll say how much. And he'll be like, okay, you know, in Nigeria market, they'll be like, okay, how much you carry? How much you carry? I don't feel the top price. How much you carry? I go pay that one. Just tell me how much. And then if you say a price, it'll be like, oh, God, that one not too small money now. How about you give me 10K instead of this 3K? And then I'll be like, ah, do I look like a dangote inside here? I better collect this 3K and let us be walking. He'll be like, oh, God, no, now that's too small. That's a lot of work that I've been doing now. God, give me some. Okay, fine. How about 7K? And then I'll go back with my guy. If you don't want to collect this thing, man, just they go. You want three, five, or no? I said, okay, okay, make, make we just make it on five. And then we close it there. And I said, no, carry this four and a half. And then we close the case. And then, you know, he carries the four and a half. He's, he's happy. I'm happy. We both go our separate way, whatever it is. Or somebody may not be happy in that situation. It just depends on how it is. Anyway, the point is that's what's happening in the stock market right now. People are bidding. It's a bidding process that happens within the stock market where people decide what the price are. It's basically somebody has to buy that share that you are trying to sell. And right now, people ain't trying to buy no shares in the stock market. Everybody's like, nope. I am not selling, except for one person named me. I am trying to buy every, look, man, I got money, like every single dollar, every extra dollar that I have, I'm trying to throw that thing into the market. 
I'm the type of person, I get excited during these times. I'm getting so, I haven't been this excited to invest in the stock market in so long. I haven't been this excited since 2020 when the market was crashing, when I first learned about how to invest properly. And I'm like, yo, this is awesome. I'm like, where is my extra money at? I don't know what's going to happen in the future. It could keep falling. The market could keep falling and it may not recover for the next 10 years or even longer. I don't know. But generally, the market will go up eventually over time. So I'm just like, yo, I can get more ownership in good businesses. I need more money. I need to make more money. Please pay me more money. Please. If you know anybody who wants to get some kind of personal finance advice in this whole thing, please let them know because your boy tried to make some money. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying because I need to invest more money as the market continues to fall. It is such, for me, this is an exciting period of time. However, however, even with all my excitement about, yo, invest, 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 invest. This is a great time to be investing. Hearing about Warren Buffett spending over $50 billion investing in the stock market and buying stocks. Yes, I'm excited. I'm extremely excited to be buying stocks. However, I do have a word of caution for everybody. As excited as I am about the stock market, I am also slightly worried about the economy. We just got inflation numbers earlier today, and we'll talk about that here shortly and why that kind of spooked me a little bit. But I am begin, beginning to see a lot of companies begin to do either hiring freezes or cut their staff in the tech world, which the tech and the engineering world, which is the world that I pay most attention to, which is the world that I'm involved with the most. I'm beginning to see companies say like, yo, we got to cut our staff down. I mean, Meta is actually doing a hiring fee freeze for their engineers. This is Meta. This is a company that continues to hire, hire, hire. But right now they're not hiring new engineers. Meta, aka Facebook, is not hiring new engineers. Uber is announcing something similar. In other words, they're not hiring engineers anymore. Robinhood cut its staff by 9%. Amazon is saying that it's overstaffed. When was the last time you ever heard anybody say they only worked at Amazon that they feel like they're understaffed? No, Amazon is announcing and coming out and talking about, yo, where maybe have hired over too much and they're pulling back on hiring. They're not hiring as quickly or as fast as they were doing before. And these are telltale signs. As I hate to say it, I hate to say it, but these are telltale signs where we begin to see like the incense and the, 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 the little, little dips of a recession might be coming up, which is why I give this word of caution of please, 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 please. As excited as I am about investing in the stock market, as excited as I am about doing all these other things, please, guys, get your emergency fund set. Get your emergency fund in a situation where if anything happens, at least you have some money for you to survive three months, six months, depending on how long you think you can survive in an environment in case, let's say you have a job and you lose your job because of what's going on right now. Please, 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 please get those things in place. I don't know what the future holds. I don't know if we're going to end up in a recession. I just don't know. It's just the fact that I keep reading all the tell the, the little tea leaves and seeing the numbers about like, yo, this is not exactly the most exciting thing out there. I'm seeing companies begin to cut their staff because they don't have venture capital backed dollars for them to do anything that they want to do anymore. I'm seeing companies start to think about, yo, instead of us to be expanding and spending all these dollars, maybe we need to keep some of these dollars in our pockets in case of a rainy day, in case we do actually enter into a recession. Even though on one side, I'm seeing consumers spend more money. However, I'm also seeing consumers take on more personal loans, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, which is little, little signs, little telltale signs. They're not massive. It doesn't mean that we're going to actually go into a recession, but these are little telltale signs that in, that give me inklings of caution, of pausing, which is why I am working, even though as much as I, I want to be investing and investing and investing, I also am like, 
double down in, in on my emergency fund. Remember, I just bought a house, which means my 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 risk level has has depreciated a lot. It used to be I could live off of a thousand dollars and be okay because I didn't have that much things that I had to pay for. Now I don't have that 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 liability anymore, or rather that freedom to live off of just about anything. Even though still there are a lot of things that I know that if tomorrow I didn't I had to cut back on spending, there's a lot of stuff that I'll just be like, okay, this I don't need, this I don't need, this subscription I don't need, this thing and just. All those things, know what those things are, but at the same time, make sure you have that emergency fund in tow. Make sure you're working towards having that emergency fund. Some people will say three to six months of your expenses. I say it depends on your current situation. If you know y'all like me and you can just struggle your way through, you don't need to be eating all this fancy anything. You can just grit your teeth, bite down and struggle your way through where you can just hustle and do what you need to do to survive. Then you may not need that much, but at the same time, just have something. And even if we don't see a recession, if we don't have a recession or anything like that at the same time that would just be like on the back end is like yo i got a bunch of money in my pocket like i can do whatever i want and it'll be a good amount of money that you just have sitting in your pocket so please guys have that emergency fund i'm not trying to freak anybody out i don't know what the future holds but at the same time this is how you play with risk this is how businesses actually handle things they look at what the future may be like it doesn't mean what is it the bible says that no, not the Bible. Like they say, hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Understand what the risk could be in the future. In other words, do what you got to do and let God handle the rest. It may be a recession. It may not be a recession, but it doesn't mean that we do not plan. It doesn't mean that we do not take care of situations. If you remember the story of, of Joseph, he planned. There were seven years of amazing yield, and then there were seven years of drought. This two last two years has been wonderful. Us getting their checks all left, right, and center. Us making all kinds of money. All this stuff happened over the last two years. I hope you took some of that money and you put it into an emergency fund. And even right now, take some of that money and put it somewhere. Just save that money. Make sure it's somewhere for you in case of an emergency situation that may come about. Because look, we might need it. I don't know if we will. I don't know what the future might hold. But just please. Take this as my word of caution to every single person. Take this to heart and actually have this emergency fund. Now, let's talk about the news that just came out. Inflation was bad. Last week, we had Papa Powell come up and talk about interest rates and the fact that they are continuing to raise interest rates. Well, yesterday, which was Wednesday, we saw inflation continue to go higher and higher. I was totally wrong. Remember last week, I said that I believe inflation is actually going to come in lower than expected with expectation was it for it to come in about 8.1%. Well, I was completely wrong. Inflation came in at 8.3%, which is lower than what it was in March. However, it is still much too high. And the problem with this inflation print, with this inflation number is like it's showing us other parts of the economy that is beginning to show in signs of inflation as well. So services are now starting to peak airline tickets, um, food costs, housing costs, rent costs, all of those things are starting to peak up higher and higher and higher and beginning to be more expensive. And that's what's putting pressure on inflation. Of course, gas is still expensive as well. So all of these things are still adding pressure onto inflation where I thought that the year over year comparisons will actually show that inflation is starting to recede, but that's not the case. Even though the inflation really peaked up in April of 2021, I thought it was going to be lower. It didn't actually come out to be the case. Prior to the CPI reading, the stock market was actually trending up. The stock market had like a great day on Tuesday. It was a wonderful day on Tuesday. The stock market went up. Everybody was like, maybe we're seeing a turnaround. And then bam, we got slapped in the face with inflation numbers on Wednesday morning. And the stock market just was like, you know what? We're done. We're going back home. And it just started declining all over again. So 
This was the reason I got scared. And the main reason I got scared when I saw this inflation print, even though I'm not too worried about it, even though I'm slightly worried, but not too worried about it because the labor market is still very strong right now. The reason why I'm not too worried about it is because I, or I was slightly worried about it is because I read the SoFi's annual reports. I'm a shareholder of SoFi. And so I, I try to pay attention to, to when they drop their earnings. And in their earnings, one thing they, they, they noted in their earnings was the fact that personal loans are starting to increase. The amount of personal loans that they have on their files actually increased quarter over quarter, which means people are taking more personal loans. And usually people go to personal loans because they need to pay for their expenses. They need to pay for their cost of living, which is that that's what's really worrying me is that if people begin to have to pay for things, their living expenses from loans and those kind of things, it means that the pressures on inflation is hitting them hard. And that can easily snowball into us going into an actual recession because people would then be like, yo, I can't just spend money willy nilly. And then at that point, that's what GDP is. Remember, GDP is 66% custom, customer spending or consumer spending. And the moment people start to not spend, that's when we start seeing those shrinkage in inflation numbers. And we start seeing businesses also do the same thing of like, yo, we're not having customers, so we don't need to be hiring people. So we need to pull back. We may even, as a matter of fact, because we're not having that many customers, we may need to let some of our employees go, which is that snowball effect. If employees get let go, that means they don't have money to be spending. If they don't have money to be spending, other businesses end up not being able to hire people. If other business can't hire people, it means that that's even more money that can't be spent in the economy. Remember something, when you spend your money at a business, that money doesn't just sit in the business. It's used to pay for the employees within that business. And this is how the whole economy works. And so when that starts to break down, that's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about all the headlines that you, you see when you go out. I'm worried about the tea leaves because people aren't focused that much on the tea leaves. They are more focused on all the high stuff. Like inflation is going to be flashed everywhere and that's going to be the main thing. Gas prices are going to be flashed everywhere and that's going to be the main thing. The main thing I'm looking at is how are people spending their money? If people stop spending their money on services, which right now people are willing to spend that money, but eventually if people start saying, no, this is too expensive. I'm not spending money on this anymore. We saw signs of that a little bit with the fact that Netflix lost subscribers, which we'll talk about Disney here, which shows us the flip side of that. But when people start deciding, no, that's too expensive. I'm not doing it anymore. It can show weakness in the economy. So that is what I personally am worried about when you think about the economy as a whole. But regardless, this is not to scare anybody. This is not to scare anybody. It is just to be kind of, you know, when they say sometimes when you're driving down the road, you have caution signs. These are some of those caution signs for us to prepare. Sometimes we get, get insights. We have to take it to heart and say, what can I do to mitigate my own personal risk? This is why I talk about having an emergency fund. This is why over whenever I talk to anybody about investing and they're like, yeah, let me get invested all of last year. Nobody wanted to hear me when I said anything about having an emergency fund, having an emergency fund. Now the stock market is crashing and everybody's like, ah, I'm losing money. Ah, it's like, yo, do you have an emergency fund? If you do, you're fine. It doesn't matter. That money is supposed to be invested for the next 30 years anyway. But the point is, please, guys, have that emergency fund on hand. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep saying it. I've said it all the way since I started this podcast. I'm gonna keep saying it to the day I don't do this podcast anymore. I'm gonna still tell people in my life, have that emergency fund. Moving on from there, Elon finally revealed his plans for Twitter and he showed how he plans to make Twitter be a profitable business. And I have to say, I think he could actually make this thing work. I, I'm not like the best. I'm not like Elon Musk's biggest fan. I don't ride his coattails. I'm not a fan of most of the stuff he does. I'm not a fan. No, no, that's not a lie. I like what he does with companies like Tesla and SpaceX, but I am not a fan of most of the things that come out of that dude's mouth. Like, I just feel like do your work and I don't want to hear you talk. But at the same time, you can't have one without the other because the craziness is a package deal. You can't have the crazy without the other thing. It's like sometimes... <laughs> 
sometimes, you know, there are some people in your life that you just know they're crazy, but you love them because they're crazy. I'm that person for a lot of people because I'm crazy, but you love me because of my craziness. Elon Musk is one of those people. People like him because of his craziness, because that shows like his genius is just like whatever. But you have to take the craziness with it as well. So anyway, I'm not equating myself to Elon Musk, by the way. I'm not a genius by any stretch of the imagination. But thank God I am, you know, well off in my own right. But anyway. Here's basically what he says that he's going to do in order to make Twitter a profitable business. If you are a government official or a business or a journalist, you are going to have to pay to get access to the town square known as Twitter. And to me, this makes total and complete sense. Think of where all the viral moments usually comes out of. Think of where all the great moments when people watch a Netflix show that goes viral. Guess where it pops off from? Usually on Twitter. Twitter is usually what pops everything off. Remember Chick-fil-A versus Popeye's about three years ago where everybody was like, yo, Popeye's new sandwich is better than Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A came out with that tweet where they threw shade, then Popeye's fired back, then Wendy's joined in on the fun. All of those viral moments happen on Twitter. It starts off on Twitter and then it spreads like wildfire. And so this is why I think that businesses should definitely have to pay to get access to Twitter. He estimates that by doing this, he can generate up to $26 billion in revenue by 2028. Last year, Twitter had total revenue of about $5 billion, about 90% of which came from ads. He says that the new switch will make ads only about 50% of total revenue. Also, he said that Donald Trump can come back on Twitter. I don't really, like either way for me, it's like, it's whatever, like, we still going to have a crazy world at the end of the day. And there is a point to him saying like, you know, we can't just ban people for life. We, he prefers the method rather than banning people for life. He prefers the method of suspensions. So I don't know how that's going to work out, but you know, I'm just going to drop that bomb in there and you guys can go argue about it, but actually don't because that's a complete and total waste of your time. Who cares? Who cares what Donald Trump is saying on Twitter? Like for like, of course, journalists care because they have to report on it and all that sort of stuff. And it was also like, he was the president of the world of the free world. So I guess that's why it was important. But regardless, I really don't. I, I mean, then again, Donald Trump, y'all know where I stand with Donald Trump. Disney reported earnings right before I actually jumped on here to record this podcast. And unlike Netflix, Disney actually added a bunch of new subscribers in Q1 of 2022. And that sent the stock up 3%, up 3% after hours. Disney now has 205 million total subscribers between Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and Hulu, which is close to Netflix's 221 million subs. Disney Plus alone added 11 million new subscribers in the quarter and now has 137 million subscribers. However, always the caveats. However, revenues totaled, totally missed expectations and caused the stock to fall 2% after it had just rocketed up 3%. Revenues came in at $19.25 billion, which is about $1 billion shy of the estimated expectations of $20 billion. However, when you look deeper into it, the reason why they didn't reach the $20 billion estimate is because they had to let go of a billion dollars in revenue due to a licensing agreement that they ended early from other streamers, aka mainly Netflix, where they pulled all their services off of Netflix. And because of that, that reduced their revenue. But Parks revenue continues to surge back to pre-pandemic levels, coming in at $6.9 billion, which is about 7% below the pandemic level, which is great. Disney Plus Parks are doing a great job. And that's even with a quarter where Shanghai and Hong Kong was shut down due to China having a complete and total lockdown. 
To me, this was a wonderful quarter for Disney. However, they still have plenty of challenges that they face. Much like Netflix, Disney is still enjoying a lot of low prices in order to pick up new subscribers. Eventually, they're going to have to raise prices. Right now, the average revenue per user is only about $6. Eventually, they're going to have to get that number up. And just like Netflix, when they start increasing those prices, I wonder what's going to happen at that point. Also, remember, Disney doesn't have nearly the content that Netflix has. Even though people be be bumping on Netflix and saying, oh my God, Netflix is so trash. Netflix only has blah, 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 blah. People still be using that service though. People still be getting that password door. People will still, still be wanting to use Netflix though. Though, so I don't even like for me, whenever people, I always watch what people do rather than what people say. You can complain about Netflix not having anything, but yet you still use Netflix. So please, everybody just needs to like calm down <laughs> is my point with this whole thing. But anyway, but as of right now, I believe that Disney is moving in in the right direction. But we'll see where they go. We'll see if they can hit the targets that they set for themselves as far as the Disney Plus streaming service is concerned. Stats of the week. Number one, $185 million. This was the amount that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I don't know why I said it that way, made on its opening weekend. This is the second biggest opening of the pandemic era behind, guess it, guess it, you already know, Spider-Man No Way Home. Marvel continues to be a dominating factor when it comes to theaters and watching movies. I have personally not seen this movie yet, and I probably won't go see it anytime soon unless somebody drags me out of my house and says, hey, do you want to go see this movie? And then I'm going to go see it. But by myself, I'm not going to go rush out there and see it. You already know the movie that I'm looking forward to seeing, and that one doesn't come out too close to my birthday. So we're just going to wait for Despicable Me to come out, and then I will find my way to a movie theater. It has to be a comfortable one because I'm not about to go to no basic movie theater. Anyway, that's beside the point. Again, Disney, Marvel, they're making that money. They're making that bread. Disney is doing what they need to do. Next number, $4.9 billion. This is the amount that has been agreed upon by a group of buyers to buy Chelsea from Roman Abramovich. LA Dodger owner Todd Boyley. Boyley? Boyley? Anyway, led a group of other billionaires to acquire the club from Roman Abramovich. This dude is a sports collector. This guy who just bought Chelsea, he is a avid spot collector. He already owns the Lakers, he owns the Dodgers, and he owns the Sparks. So he's just basically building house his own personal collection of sports team. The way that I collect pop-up uh, Funko Pops is the way he collects uh, he collects sports teams. The way I collect hats is the way he collects sports teams. So really, we're basically the same. He just plays with billions. I play with tens of dollars. We're, we're basically the same part type of people. Next number. One million. This is the number of deaths from COVID in the United States. This is more than world, the deaths during World War II, which is the deadliest war in all of history. About 405,000 people died during that war. More than the previous pan, you, in U.S. alone. 405,000 people died during the, from the U.S. during World War II. This is more than the previous pandemic, which was the Spanish flu of 1918, where 607,000 people died from that one. More than the HIV AIDS epidemic which killed about 700,000 people and more than the U.S. Civil War deaths, which was 750,000 people, which is the deadliest war in all of American history. More than populations of cities like Atlanta, San Francisco, and New Orleans. The only difference between COVID and other things that were considered to be truly deadly is that COVID is not as visible 
for most people. This is why we didn't take it that seriously. This is why we decided to fight back when we wanted to put certain precautions in place. This is why we still have issues till this day where people are suffering from long COVID. This is just where we are in society. It's just we just didn't take it take it seriously. COVID is not a loud killer like a bomb going on or like AIDS where people are trying to have sex all the time. And so because they don't know who they can have sex with because of AIDS, everybody stopped doing it. And so it became an epidemic and everybody was freaking out about it. COVID is not that way. COVID is more of a silent killer affecting people on the edges and killing mostly older folks. And so that way we don't really take care of it, even though it doesn't kill only old folks. It also killed a lot of young people as well. And so we could argue about it. We could turn it into a political issue. We could turn it into all the other BS that we made it out to be when it was really a war against a virus. And we should have taken it as a war, put all the precautions in place in order to deal with it on the front end, rather than all the stuff that we had to deal with later on. And even till this day, where people are still dealing with the consequences of it. So that's just... A whole aside. Extra extras. Free Wi-Fi. On Monday, the White House announced affordable connectivity program. I don't know why I said it that way. But anyway, which provides about $30 monthly discount on internet services for from pro, a participant. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. But anyway, on Monday, the White House announced affordable connectivity program, which provides a $30 monthly discount on internet service from participating providers for low-income households, such as those that receive federal assistance through SNAP or Medicaid. Recently, 20 internet providers signed on to the program, including all the ones we love to hate. So say it with me. Charter, Xfinity, aka Comcast. AT&T and Verizon and Google as well. All of them signed on to this pact. But even more important than just the discount, these providers also agreed to provide high internet speeds at for $30, essentially making it free for these households. In the world we live in today, internet is just like food. You need it to survive. In this world, in order for you to make money or do all the things that we need to do on a regular basis, you have to have internet. It's just the way that we live in. is just the world that we live in today. You need internet. So if you maybe know somebody or maybe yourself may fall into this group, go check out your eligibility on getinternet.gov. You know, and even if you don't, you're not sure, Yo, it's free money. Just you'll see if you can get a discount on this internet service. The White House estimates that there are 48 million households that will benefit from this. This one is kind of a sad one next, even though the other one was sad too. EA and FIFA break up. It's a sad day, man. It's a sad day. My favorite game ever, FIFA, will now be called EA Sports FC because EA and FIFA just called a quit after 30 year after a 30 year partnership that has been very lucrative lucrative for both companies especially for EA. EA over the last 20 years has made well over 20 billion dollars from FIFA alone. From the last annual report EA said FIFA is our this is in quotes FIFA is our largest and most popular game and franchise. Revenue from our FIFA franchise, including the annualized console and PC game, which is consistently one of the best-selling games in the marketplace, is material to our business and will continue to be so. FIFA brings in way more money than any of their other game franchises, which include Madden, PGA, NHL, and Formula One. 
FIFA said that they will work with other game developers and publishers to make FIFA, uh, future FIFA games. Basically, for all my guys who've been playing all the soccer games for a long time, we knew there was a time where EA didn't dominate the scene, where all the different companies had different leagues. So if you played in like, if you played like Pez, you would have access to like, you have access to like the Premiership players and the Premiership league and those kind of teams. But if you played FIFA, you would have access to like Bundesliga or something like that. Then eventually EA was just like, yo, we're just going to throw money at all of these companies. We're going to throw money at everybody and put them all in FIFA and FIFA alone. So now, even though there's Pro Evolution Soccer, aka Pez, nobody plays Pez because when you go into it, you don't get the real players. You don't get the real teams. They have to call the team something else because EA had all the licensing for that. But now we're going back to that fragmented world where EA is not going to own everything. But, but, but... EA is in a great spot because EA still has deals with each individual league. In other words, EA has deals with England teams. EA has deals with Spain. EA has deals with Italy, Germany, and UEFA for the name and likeness for most teams and players. In other words, if you get the new FIFA game, wherever, whatever it is, when, when it becomes FIFA 24 that is no longer made by EA, what's going to happen is... You open that game up, you put the CD in, and when you look for Manchester United or Real Madrid or Arsenal or Chelsea or Bayern Munich or any of these clubs, you're not going to find them because EA still has all the license into it. And most of the time, what we want to see when we open up FIFA is we want to play with teams that we know their names and we know the players' names. And EA still has the rights to the likeness of all of these teams. So... I think FIFA made a big mistake, in my opinion. I think FIFA walking away from EA was a big mistake. Now, can they get money maybe from Pro Evolution Soccer? Yes. Go play with that. And when we do World Cup, it's going to be cool that the World Cup is with Pro Evolution Soccer. But for regular season stuff, of course, everybody wants to play with the actual teams, like the clubs that we know with the names of those players as well. So I think EA is winning with this deal and walking away, but it still kind of sucks that we are no longer going to have the regular FIFAs that we've known, even though I haven't played it for the last like three years. So I guess it's not really going to bother me that much. The last one of the day, Apple finally killed the iPod. First of all, I didn't even know that Apple was still making these iPods. I didn't even know there was still a thing, but Apple has finally officially killed off the iPod Touch and they will no longer be making any more. And now I'm tempted to go pick one up. It's about 180 bucks. I kind of want to go pick it up just so I can have it as a relic because, you know, why not? Because maybe one day it'll be like, oh my God, look, at it's an iPod Touch. My God, those are incredible and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of tempted to go pick this up. But anyway, this is the iPod was one of those devices that completely changed the world. It was launched 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. I remember wanting one because every, every other teenager in my high school had one and I wanted one too. Especially like the earphones, even though they never were comfortable for me in my ears, but those things were iconic. Even till this day, AirPods are still just as iconic. But those original headphones that you had in the Apple box, even though as Apple always does it, it was one size fits all. My ears always hurt when I used it, but it was still an iconic pair. I remember those commercials with the silhouette. I thought those were the coolest things ever. And I used to borrow my friend's iPod because I didn't have one. And I remember when I finally got one, but really it was like me and my siblings, all four of us shared one iPod. And so we took turns on what day each person could actually use it when they were getting on the bus. I just remember that was when like being anti-social 
function on the bus really started being a thing because people would just get on the bus with their air, with their iPods in, listening to their music, and they would just be chilling in the bus and those kind of things. Now everybody, every one of us has iPhones and all this stuff, uh, iPhones and smartphones, and we can listen to music at any point in time. I remember trying to figure out like jailbreaking. <laughs> jailbreaking when i finally had enough money to buy a used ipod touch jailbreaking the crap out of that thing so i could get free stuff i remember trying to figure out how to sync the ipod into my my computer man that was a lot of memories during the ipod time period man there's a lot of memories as a matter of fact share with me all your memories of using an ipod share me or share with me some of those memories hit me up on twitter on instagram just dm me and let me know what are some of the memories that you have about the ipod and just you want to share it with the team i might share it next week when i come on the podcast but anyway that is basically all that i have to share on this podcast today i hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing and remember what i said at the very beginning of this podcast please 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 have that emergency fund if you're not in the process of saving for it, start saving for it. Have that thing unlocked. I don't know what's going to happen in the next six months to a year. I don't know what's going to happen in the next 12 months, in the next 15 months. But one thing that I do know is it's better for us to be safe than it is for us to be sorry. It's better for us to be like the ants who build up for the winter time than for us to be like the lazy weasel that just sleeps away or rather than uh, uh i forget the other animal that we usually do in all these fairy tales that we used to hear about where they don't store up their food and then all of a sudden they're suffering for it so please guys store up food money while times are still somewhat good i don't know what's going to happen in the future but i'll rather all my friends not have to rely on the kindness of strangers to get them out of trouble but anyway that's all i have for y'all i hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing and if you did share this podcast with one person that you love one person that you hate and one person you're just kind of like eh, about and by that time you would have shared it with every single person that you know it's been your boy kalechi i'm gonna catch y'all up in the next one remember generosity is always greater than greed god bless each and every single one of y'all and i'm out peace